Hi, I'm Alan Black. Welcome to Little Agonies, a tinier, slightly less agonising edition of our usual show, Brand Agony. In these bonus episodes, we will talk about those minor ailments which can strike down the modern marketing professional. Consider it more of a cooling ice pack rather than the full elective surgery. Today, we're talking about developing your team's writing skills, or to put it another way, how can you stop paying people like us to do the writing for you? So to discuss this quandary, I'm joined by my black-eyed colleague, Chris Tapley. Hello, Chris. Hello, Alan. Hello. So today we're talking about, about courses. Um, and just to be really super clear, uh, I, I think in the olden days we would have said training, but that's a word that's fallen out of favour a little bit. Um, it almost feels like, you know, you, you might train a dog, but would you train a person? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of the same thing, really. It's, it's developing people to help them do stuff. So um, over the last seven or so months since uh, lockdown fully fully locked in in the UK, we've seen lots of companies uh, turn to developing their own writing skills um, while lots of other things are perhaps on hold or, or, or uncertain. And because of that, we've had quite a few questions come our way about how best to develop good copywriting skills in-house. Questions that can come out from lots of different, you know, starting points. Um, sometimes people will just come to us, I suppose, about the the nuts and bolts of, you know, making a good sentence. Um, you know, where do you put commas? The team struggle with that kind of thing. Um, okay, so there's 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 a way to help with that. Um, for other people, it starts with the, 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 the sort of feeling that the brand language is perhaps inconsistent or that it's not reflecting the customer's intention or that, that simply the, the brand is a little bit a little bit inconsistent, a little bit wonky, depending on who is writing for it and depending on which part of the organisation you're, you're talking to. So um, as with pretty much everything we ever talk about, Chris, um, I think the answer is probably going to be somewhere in that kind of muddy middle. Um, and what we're going to do today is we're going to essentially just talk about what we think looks like good practice when it comes to training uh, and, and that training delivering real value. So, Chris, where, where do you reckon um, if you were if you were uh, rolling into this fresh, where, where would you start? Well, I think you've probably pinpointed the, the key thing and that, you know, training can be to tackle a lot of different issues or challenges so the, probably the key thing you want to start with is is making sure that whatever you do you tailor your approach to the needs of the people who are going to be attending this course you know it's a, every client every brand has got their own kind of challenges when it comes to writing and often a generic kind of advice on writing course is, is not going to address those issues and give real value it's going to be harder for the attendees to apply that in their everyday work so i mean the problem might be Dan doesn't know his apostrophes from his passive voice help. Um, but more often than not, we, we tend to see training used to tackle bigger, more specific sort of questions of how how brands communicate their offering in a way that's going to connect with, with their audience. Um, and your kind of uh, standard issue advice is not going to pick up on the nuances of those questions and those challenges. So I think before settling on a course, you need to really get to the bottom of the, the why, uh, you know, why are we doing this training in the first place, right? Yeah. And you might see some symptoms, perhaps. You might see um, lots of revisions um, being applied to copy. 
and that's just happening all the time in your organisation. You think, well, gosh, why does it take us up to you know version number fourteen because before we've got something that we're happy to publish? And you know, the truth might be that writing skills are not the issue. It could be much more about briefing skills. It could be more about the process that that the organisation uses. It could be about um, getting the the person that's briefing the job to understand what the person needs when they're writing for the job. Um, a little bit of empathy, for, for example, and, and there, there are things you can do around about that. We've talked about them before, things like peer writing. So, you know, I, I think for me, first of all, it's like the symptom which might be perceived as inconsistent or not quite good enough writing if we're, if we're being pejorative um, might not lead to a course on writing. I think that's that's kind of probably quite an important thing to say, but uh, often it does. So, um, the, the thing that probably then kind of comes out of that is, hey, there's lots of uh, great, you know, general courses that I see advertised everywhere. Um, why don't we go on one of them? And for us, um, th- those kind of general copywriting courses, whether it's on digital or something very specific within digital, like say blog writing or, or social media writing for customer service, for example, um, for us, there's all there's always a little bit of a worry about that, and that that feeling that they they can be disappointing, unless you go into that that relationship, you go into buying that course with a really clear view of, of what you're actually after. Now, I, I want to be super clear here. Um, there are some amazing trainers that 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 run open courses, if you like that that you know you know, have like, you know, people from multiple organizations all in the same, you know, session, all getting trained on something quite specific. A good example of that would be uh, Rishi at BrandPy, who, for example, runs uh, really well-regarded courses on how to use poetic technique in copywriting. Um, and he's run them for uh, an organization called 26. Um, he may run them separately as well, but Rishi's courses, that kind of thing, it's so specific and it, it it's so hard to think of where else you might get that advice. You think, wow, that's great. That's got tons of value. And and that's the kind of thing where an open course is going to, you know, do great. But um, this is where the big buck comes in. If you're trying to make um, quick gains in your brand voice or just kind of get the standard up or get the consistency up, then you, you're, you're probably looking at, at something that's tailored for us feels like the right way, which is, which is why, you know, from our, our perspective and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, cars on the table here, we only offer private tailored courses. Um, so that's what we're going to concentrate on. There's a little bracket in there that we very occasionally offer public courses, but they are, they're very few and far between. Um, and we've got a particular reason for doing them, which I will not drag the reader into the listener into right now, but that, that's something that we, we would offer very occasionally and for, for very particular reasons. Um, a bit like the bringing poetry into copy, you know, reasons that we talked about earlier on. So I, I think for me, it's this it, it's this sort of first thing. If you're, if you're going to do a tailored course, then how do you tailor it? Well, you know, that, that means some sort of training needs assessment. And a good trainer should be talking to the leadership team about the strategic direction. Um, that the organisation wants to go in. Um, a good trainer should also be thinking about uh, talking to the team that's going to be on the on the session, uh, understanding what, what they might be going through, um, 
that could be a couple of quick calls. It could be an online survey. And the other thing that we'll do, and we're going to touch on this, I think as it's going to be inevitable that we touch on this, but we'll also, a good trainer is going to be looking at the material that's being produced at the moment and not just the public, publicly available stuff that, that anyone can go and view in the website or view in the social channels. Uh, it's about digging a little bit deeper than that. So having a, a kind of a good a good base of material to, to get stuck in amongst. Um, all of that is going to give you a great starting point um, to understand exactly what the training should address. And th- that idea of, I think then, uh, it almost sounds like what I'm doing here is I'm piling on stuff, but the, the idea is I'm piling on all these things to, to, to come to an end point, which is actually we want to really focus it in and target it, um, Chris. I, I reckon that's probably the, the key thing, you know, making sure it's focused. Yeah, I think you're right. All that stuff that you piled on is kind of more, you know, uh, exploratory questions to, to be able to get to the root of what's needed so that you can focus in at the end of the day. Um, and I think there's often a, a sort of impulse when, when people are looking at courses to try and do everything in one goal. Know, so they often want to train everyone at once, tackle every area of content they produce within that sort of uh, course in order to try and get as much value from the process as possible. Um, you know, they want to cover off how to write for social, how do you write emails that convert, how do you write compelling case studies, and or can we can we also look at how to, you know, amp up our brand voice, you know, at the same time. And, you know, you, you can touch on all that stuff. Uh, lightly but it's, it's not a great idea it's much better to keep your channels and your topics kind of laser focused so that you can really dig into the the detail and that's where you're going to get the most value you know if if you do need to cover all that stuff then you're much better to split it out over several weeks mm. and several sort of separate courses um which gives the, the kind of attendees of the course a chance to go away and apply what they've learned in a more sort of focused, um, constructive way, you know, it's, it stops them from being overwhelmed because there's 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 a limit to what people can take in on on one day, you know, even with uh, generous biscuit breaks in between subjects. Mm, generous biscuit breaks. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and there's another little point in there which I think is quite an interesting one, which is um, what we're what what I think we're getting at is that having a, a a more narrow focus is great because that's getting you down into details and details you can actually bring examples of to the team and you can start to pick through how to address the issues that they're seeing. So getting into those real specifics and giving the team something they can say, wow, we fixed that page, we fixed that intro, that headline's now a ton better. Or look at all the uh, the modules we've got on that page, all the module titles, they're now working brilliantly um, and they've kind of solved something. And that's why detail is so important and, and it's so tempting to, to, to bring in everything. You're absolutely right. And that's where the perceived value is. Our advice would be, if you want to get the most benefit, um, Focus in as best you can on the things that are going to have the biggest impact on the brand or on the bottom line. The other thing that's quite an interesting idea, which goes back to your generous biscuit breaks idea, is that what might feel like a bit of a trudge over seven or eight hours 
feels like a, a breeze if you split it into four sections and you deliver two two training courses a week, one on a, a Monday, one on a Thursday. You do that for a fortnight and it's the same eight hours, um, just split into four sections. That's an absolute that's an absolute whiz through, you know, two hours. And it's giving you the chance in between for that information to percolate, which is what you were getting at as well, that idea of it kind of, you know, not having them overwhelmed, you know, ha- having the team feeling really positive about it. That's a that's a biggie. Um it's certainly a biggie for me, I think. Um so tackling the things that your team's interested in. Um the the other thing that, that good training should do is is keep it as blinking well interactive as we possibly can. Um and that means, you know, getting into the action fairly quickly, not having lots of setup. Um I'd much rather you you know, be in a course, but, but no matter what I'm learning, where I'm kind of going in and doing something um, quickly. And that could be, you know, if I'm if I'm learning a new language, you know, it's terrifying, but it's it's also the best way to learn by, you know, the the, the person that's re- running the course just saying, right, guys, start talking to each other, applying that thing that we just learned. Absolutely terrifying, but also brings the mood of the room up. Everyone starts to engage with it and it's not just sitting, you know, looking at slide after slide. Don't think anybody really uh, enjoys that. Um, it comes back to this other thought, which is I'd much rather be writing than listening on a writing course. I think that's 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 another kind of you know big big point to make. Um, the, the other thing that 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 we would say um, is a mark of a good course if you're designing a course up is, of course, use the client's own content, and that that would for us mean in all the examples. And all the exercises, as far as you can. Um, and when I say as far as you can, I think you can do it entirely using the client's own content. It doesn't always need to be published content. It could be, you know, stuff that's, you know, from the website. It could be, you know, internal documents. It could be the signs that you put on the lift to say that it's out of order. It could be work in progress too. Um, work in progress is great, actually, because you can see how things have evolved and maybe how they've batted back and forth. Um, but the, the key to that is... You're not having to second guess as a as an attendee. So, oh, oh, yeah, that's all really interesting. That that stuff I've just learned there. But how do I apply that? Well, this is how you apply it because we're going to do an exercise with your own copy to apply it. So there's absolutely no sense of theory being you know sort of bashed about the room. It's just let's go off and do it. You just you know, and and seeing it come come to life when you when you apply the techniques that you've just learned about is great. Um, I, I think the other thing about using the client's own material. And this is a really obvious point, but I think it's hugely important. It's it's really the only way to get a, a rounded understanding of the team's true skill level. Um, it, it makes lets the, the the person that's running the course figure out what's r- working really nicely. Where you know what we don't need to concentrate on all that stuff around about. You know, um, I don't know, perhaps, you know, passive voice, you know, that's always trotted in lots of training courses, passive voice, good grief. Um, or things like maybe jargon. Well, well if you are seeing that the, the, the people that are writing aren't using lots of jargon and their writing's actually, you know, really clean and crisp and, and easy to understand, then, well, that's something we don't need to worry about. Um, it also gives us an idea of where there might be some variability. And that kind of touches back on something that you mentioned earlier on about, about skill levels. Um, I, I think there's something in that as well. You, you can start to really see, you know, oh, these people are obviously a bit more experienced or just get a natural you know, gift for it or maybe just do more of it. These folk over here 
we can see that they they could do with a little bit more support. So that that then makes you think about how you might you know, split sessions up or pair people on the team. Um, and I think we'll probably get back to this around about you know the mix of folk. But I think seeing the material and using the client's own material that 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 for us is a kind of a real marker of a decent course. Yeah, I think it's it's just another way of focusing in um, mm. when you can see the actual um, things that people are struggling with. Um, you can you can spend time addressing those rather than, like you say, uh, doing you know two hours on jargon when no one's using jargon. It's, it's just time wasted, isn't it? Um, so you can you can drill down to what's actually going to make a difference. Um, and I think using uh, actual material uh, from the team is the best way to do that. Um, but I know that quite often this can sound uh, potentially controversial. You know. Uh, there might be a bit of a concern that, you know, uh, Dave's a little bit sensitive uh, about his writing. He doesn't want everyone looking at it and picking it apart. Um, obviously, uh, a good course leader is always going to be supportive and constructive in the way that they, they look at this content. But you can potentially get around that by using comparator examples instead, um, just to avoid anyone feeling like they're maybe singled out. Um, and although it's not quite... Uh, as uh, as good in terms of addressing the issues, it keeps it within the same you know world that, that you're writing in in terms of yeah. industry and the, the kind of audience that you're you're looking to address if you're looking to compare examples. And what can be lovely about that is that if you've got perhaps a little bit of a concern about a team member uh, being a little bit um, concerned about having their work, you know, brought up in bright lights now. I'm not going to say anything about that because I don't really care about my, you know, what people say about my work. It's like kind of, you know, I, I can I can take feedback. Um, other people, it's not part of their day to day, so it's something that they're not as used to. But if you bring in some competitive material that's either absolutely amazing, um, or you know, pretty shocking, then that's a great way of slingshotting you into the bit where we look at your your material. And so either let's raise our game here because these guys are doing a phenomenal job or my goodness, the competition are making a right wrong mess of this. Let's see how we can boost that. So um, I, I think that, that that kind of that sense of context is, is really great, actually. Um, the other thing I'd say is that, you know, positivity, you know, and support are kind of are kind of really important. And, you know, a bit of empathy for people having their, their, their work kicked about Um that's not kicked about is a bit of a, a bit of a nasty term. Um, I just mean exposed and kind of looked at and, you know, we're going to look at this sentence that you wrote um, and we're going to try and make it better. It's ultimately what the person is hearing in their head when they see their own copy up there on the, up there on the, the display or up there in the Zoom call. So it is ultimately, you know, writing is a hard thing and it's a personal thing. Um, so that's something you'd want you'd want to make sure that the person that's that's facilitating the courses kind of gets that i think the, the other thing is in terms of the tone of the session um th- this thing about you talk again we talked a little bit about the mix of attendees but th- this kind of having the right mix is really important for setting the, the, the kind of tenor of the conversation that happens in the room um if it's a very mixed ability group um it can be unreasonable to expect everyone to get the same level of, you know, benefit from the course. Um, because you're going to have to pick somewhere somewhere in the, med- the middle um, to pitch the course at. So if you get super experienced and less experienced people, 
in the course. Guess what? You're going to fit somewhere in the middle and that's maybe the point where you, nobody's at. Maybe nobody's in the middle. They're either super experienced or, or not so experienced. So then you're kind of thinking, well, how does it feel, to use that analogy earlier on about learning a language, how does it feel if you're starting off uh, you know, learning uh, Cantonese and you know, you're lumped in with a bunch of people that are you know, I've been learning it for five years. Um, you're not going to feel great. And the same flips around if you're super experienced at something, if you're if you're the world's best uh, inline skater and you're lumped in with a bunch of people that have just started taking it up and you thought this was a, a course on sort of, uh, you know, advanced tricks and, and tips, not going to be such a good feeling. It, it, it's better if everyone's at broadly the same level or um, another way of, of, of kind of flipping that around is, you can buddy people up and that can be quite a good way of doing it. So you might have a, a, an expert in the in the product, for example, who knows the product inside out, the service inside out, paired up with somebody that's a, you know, a, a really good writer on the session. And that can be a lovely way of, of, of getting the best of both. So the product expert has got all the information about what the customer thinks and, 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 and how to pitch this. And the writing expert for want of a better word, has got all the information about, you know, how the messaging might knit together and how the tone works. You bring those two people together in a course and then you've got a little bit of dynamite going on there. That's a, that's a great thing. But we, we would caution against um, having wildly different levels of skill uh, unless you're maybe able to do a bit of pairing of that. Better to split things out a bit then and have maybe a kind of a, a an intro to course and an advanced course perhaps. Um and that, that for me is, is is how you keep everybody, you know, rolling along and happy in the day and, and feeling nicely motivated. Um, yeah, so, I mean, really just the, the other thing might be that, you know, you might think, oh no, that means running two courses. But rather than having a one day course that hits half the content to half the, the audience, um, why don't you just, you know, split that in two and uh, run two half day courses for exactly the same cost? Probably yeah, a better way of doing you're it. You're going to get more value out of that, aren't you? Yeah. Because, like I say, everyone's going to be happier. Everyone's going to be operating at a level that is, is suitable for them and helps them sort of push on a little bit. And yeah. I think, you know, where there's a bit of a, a gap, the, the, the peer writing tasks can be a good way to to bridge that. It's also good just from a kind of um, sort of organisational morale point yeah. of view. You know, if you've got, like, say, product people and marketing people who you know, don't always see eye to eye in terms of uh, what the important things mm. are. Um, it can help to, you know, help them to see things from a different perspective when they actually sit down together and try and work on something in that sort of setting. Um, so, you know, getting them to engage with that can be a great way to, to push things forward. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's also about like this, this thing, like, you know, a full day, can feel very full and you know it, it's just a bit much sometimes um and I, I, I think that's something that's quite important as well it's like it, it can feel so that's why we would tend to advise not pushing it out to the limits of the day and having generous breaks and you know you know making sure that people have a bit of a rest time for their brain um whether that's grabbing lots of cups of teas or you know just having a little bit of time away from the screen um and the other thing I think around about that as well is, is as well as not sort of running a kind of eight till six session, which I, I think might be might be a bit too much. Um, it, it's just kind of mixing up the activities a bit. So there's a bit of there's a bit of this kind of thing and that kind of thing, and there's stuff that's a bit more in depth where you're really building something from scratch, and there's stuff that's a bit more like just you know about 
applying a little rhetorical technique or a little bit of, you know, how we can bring a paragraph down in length and let's spend 20 minutes doing that and 10 minutes chatting about the different approaches so that we kind of get a, a settled answer. Um, that kind of idea of mixing things around a little bit, um, it, it's, it, it keeps the pace going, it keeps the interest level up, and ultimately it goes back to that thing earlier on, which is like putting the putting the learning into practice and and doing that in, in lots of different ways just keep keeps things um keep things positive and keeps things focused on making the writing in the organization better and people never really forgetting that because that's all you do on the course you just do it in different ways to say for want of a better expression uh you know spice things up a little bit and make make it make it interesting by not just right we're going to do exactly the same thing that we did five minutes ago and we're going to do it again for a different piece of text possibly not the way to go here yeah i think doing things uh is always going to help to sort of embed the, the skills um it's probably it's probably worth saying as well that you should not just do them on the course but then also set up uh, a kind of check-in maybe mm. a few weeks or a few months down the line to to see how how they're getting on with these things um and make sure that they are still able to kind of apply them in their sort of day-to-day work um and you know if you discover that maybe things have got a little bit unstuck when they've come to apply and in the real world, you can do a bit of a refresher, answer any questions that have cropped up in the process of trying to actually use those skills. Because it can be a little bit different when you're in the course sort of setting versus, you know, actually in the, the sort of in the trenches of your, your day-to-day job. Um, I think that's probably the final step of really good training courses that it, it revisits and, and makes sure that it actually sticks. And that's that's one of the reasons, I think, going back to that little thought, um, I think that's a nice idea that I, that idea of rather having a full day splitting it up into maybe you know four two-hour sessions that percolation um and that sense of right we'll start session number two so how did you find the 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 little bit of uh little bit of handover exercise we gave you at the end of session one how have you all found that folks let's take a look at it and see how you've applied it uh let's see some of the work you've been doing and just have a chat about it as a way of as we're doing a little bit of a starter off so you can check in you can see how it's landed the other thing you can do is, of course, you could scan, schedule it very formally where you have a kind of like, you know, let's do the intro to Brand Voice 1 and then let's have a Brand Voice 2 that's done in a month's time that's going to cover off a number of separate points. But also, as you say, Chris, you know, brings in those things that have cropped up as they've as they've been trying to bring things in. So you, you can run little clinics and things like that, little drop-in clinics in between um, that allow people to just come to you and say, this is causing me... Uh, a great deal of pain getting this page working or this th- this paragraph working. How how could we approach it? Um, yeah, I, I think that idea again. Go back to that thought. Percolation is great, um, and, and I think that that to me is is kind of it kind of runs out quite nicely. That the thought of you know the, the central things that we're talking about. So for us, if if we were giving people advice about training, make sure it's targeted. Uh, make sure that you you tailor it to the team. Make sure that it's it's interactive. So you're doing stuff, and and make sure that it it gets revisited at some point. And if you're not ticking those boxes, then you're you might well have a what feels like a nicely successful day, and everyone kind of you know you know thinks it was good, but it's it's probably going to not go as far as you'd want in tackling those underlying issues that that are the kind of you know are going to pop up again with symptoms as time goes on and i think ultimately tackling the underlying issues um and moving things on permanently uh, has to be has to be the aim 
Thanks for listening today. We'll be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony. For more on brand language and to book content training for your team, visit blackad.co.uk.